Good evening, dear friends, and welcome to the prayers for the United States. We are two days later due to other commitments. Welcome, dear friends. We are excited to lend some energy to the brain of the United, to the brain of the world, which is the United States. As we have learned, the brain of the world is represented by the United States. What does that mean? It means that the brain as the seat of the mind and the brain being an organ, the mind of the United States is really us, our minds. So if we educate our minds, we're creating a heightened mind for the collective. So it is part of our responsibility to work and transform our own thinking. How do we do that? We've learned in chapter four, I believe, in Thought and Life by Emmanuel, that our education, the education of our minds, has two wings. There is the wing of our intelligence, our intellectual knowledge, and then there is the other wing, which is our goodness. So intelligence and goodness have to go hand in hand. Um, our intellectual knowledge is as important as our moral education. And as we know from little birds, birds need two wings and so do we. So we tonight are invited to help the brain of the world, to help the mind, the collective mind of the world, which is the United States. And our prayer tonight is to bring it more oxygen, to bring it new vibrations, new patterns, new ways of thinking that will propel it forward. And for that, we're going to our daily bread and we're using chapter 102, which is, of course the whole book is by our beautiful educator, Emmanuel, who will help us understand of where our responsibility lies and how we can support the world by supporting our own minds. The message is called Caesar and Us. And it starts with a quotation from Mark. And it says, And Jesus answered them, saying, Then give to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. So let us pause right here. Because this is the message, this is the first lesson that we're looking at, and this lesson comes from Jesus through Mark. So when we consider chapter 11 in the Gospel according to Spiritism, and we know that's called loving our neighbors as ourselves, we are reminded that it is extremely important that we do not harm our neighbors, both physically as well as morally. Alan Kardec explains to us in that 
when Jesus said, render unto, unto Caesar what is Caesar's, that Jesus condemns both physical as well as moral harm by Jesus having said that. So what does that mean? It means that we are invited to respect others' rights. We are asked to be respectful towards other people's rights, towards everyone's rights. Now, do we remember what the definition of justice is that we find in the Spirit's book? Well, it's exactly that. The Spirits on High gave us the definition for justice as we need to respect other people's rights. So right here and then, we're now wondering, so what do these rights, how are they determined? What kind of rights are we talking about? And the answer is pretty simple. It is twofold. We have, as we know, the human laws, which are rights, and we have natural laws, the laws of God, the law of God. And both need to be observed. So by respecting others' rights, we're now invited, Jesus invites us, to obey human laws as well as the laws of God. Now some of us are pretty good at obeying the human laws and we're thinking we're doing really well but what we often omit is the moral laws is the law of love it's God's laws so right here tonight our invitation to help the brain of the of the world is to also be conscious of God's laws so how does that how may that look like by fulfilling our duties which is linked to fulfilling the laws there are different categories there is for example the duties towards our family all individuals that we come across in our lives and it always starts with our thinking there are the duties for of society and then the duties towards the authorities so there is just to mention a few there is a variety of different duties that we are invited to fulfill and right now, just from, for now, let us focus on the moral duties towards those um, categories. And we're wondering, where do they begin? Where does our duty, our moral duty towards the individuals, towards the family, towards society, towards the authorities, where, where does that begin? Where does that duty begin? Well. I let you know. <laughs> it begins when we start threatening our neighbor's well-being. Once we start infringing on our neighbor's well-being. And where does it end? Where does our moral duty end? Good question, right? Well, it ends at the limit that we would like not to have trespassed by others. So where does that lead us? It brings us beautifully all the way around to the golden rule. So by Jesus saying, render unto, unto Caesar's what is Caesar's, we are invited to revisit and practice the golden rule, 
to do unto others as we would like to be they as we would like them to do unto us dear friends it's beautiful isn't it how it's kind of like a circle now let us see how what Emmanuel tells us now he adds to it of course he gives us another dimension we could stop right here but since the message continues we were curious what Emmanuel has to teach us so he says all over the world people will always encounter the figure of Caesar symbolized by the secular government Evil individuals will obviously produce evil politicians. Idle and indifferent collectivities will face disorganized administrations. Friends, let us pause. He is saying evil individuals will always produce evil politicians and idle and indifferent collectivities will face disorganized administrations. What is he telling us here? He is referring to the, to the law of the mental field. And since we're work, working on the mind of the United States, the brain of the world, let us look at the law of the mental field that Emmanuel is suggesting here. Why is it that evil individuals produce evil politicians? Well, it is because as Emmanuel, same Emmanuel tells us in Thought and Life, in the first chapter, first line, he says, the mind stands as the mirror of life. So in other words, as we think and feel, we emit. And as we emit, we attract. So if our collective minds are so-called evil, which means really ignorant, guess who we're attracting on the outside as far as, as because Emmanuel is picking the government? Politicians. So the politicians are really just an extension of our own thinking, of our own collective thinking. Maybe not your personal thinking so much, but we're talking about a huge country and a lot of different minds. So there is another law, and that is the law, so-called law of suggestion. So you might ask, so how come my thing, how is my thinking related to what's going on in Washington, for example? Well, we're all under the law of suggestion. And Emmanuel teaches us that, he talks about that in chapter 9 of Thought and Life. And he says there that in everyday events, we are under the permanent suggestion of other mental reflections. So in other words, other people's minds, as they think and feel and they emit, they are also affecting us. So there is the collective mind because we're all thinking and we're creating these, these fields around us that affect others. And it's not just us personally. There is the TV. There is the Internet. There, is so, there are so many resources where we are all like marionettes on, on strings. We're all connected in that way. And of course, the reverse is true too because it's not only we are under the mental influence of others but we are also influencing and that's why it becomes beautiful because right here and then 
we are now tonight being invited to become more responsible about our own thinking. To become not only more responsible, but as a first step, to become more aware of where does our thinking primarily reside every single day. Where, what is our mental emanation like? Is it positive? Is it loving? Is it kind? And we're going to go into that a little bit more. So in other words, we influence and we get influenced. Consequently, Emmanuel is right when he says evil individuals, ignorant individuals, will produce evil politicians, ignorant politicians. Nothing is outside of us. We're all part of the whole. Let us continue. He says, Emmanuel continues, in any case, Caesar's influence will surround the individual and demand the fulfillment of material obligations. It is imperative to give him what is his. The student of the gospel should not invoke religious principles or individual, individual idealism to shun these obligations. So Jesus and Emmanuel are reminding us to pay our dues. And of course, that's not just material dues. It is also mental, emotional dues, moral dues. So there are some people, what does he mean, for example, invoke religious principles? I just recently read about a case of a man in Oregon who did not want to pay taxes because his church and his belief system did not want to support abortion and we can understand that. He took it so far as to sue because he said he was not going to pay his taxes. This might be one example of someone using their um, religious um, beliefs to try to avoid um, paying taxes. Some other people I know um, say, well, I don't want to pay taxes because I'm not in support of the um, U.S. budget being um, primarily spent on weapons, on the weapons industry. And so what am I supporting? Just to mention, I'm sure there is a lot of other examples, but we are asked to look at our master and look at Jesus and see how did he, what did he suggest? How did he deal with Caesar at his time? And here Emmanuel is reminding us not to use our religious principles or individual idealism of, oh, I am free, I can live in the woods, I can be a hippie and not be held accountable. This is a free country. I can do whatever I want to. So neither one of those cases and ways of living are really the correct way, according to Emmanuel and Jesus here. So we're learning. He continues, if there are errors in the laws, let us remember the extent of our individual debts to divine providence. Let us remember our individual debts to divine providence. And let us cooperate with the human governing body by offering our goodwill and our participation in its duties, aware that our disinterest or rebelliousness will not resolve its problems. Let us pause. This is a big sentence. We could spend a lot of time on this. But 
suffice it to say, let us look at the fact that yes, the laws, there could be errors because our human laws are not perfect. It is only God's laws that are perfect. So he says, if there are errors in the laws, let us remember, however, the extent of our own individual debts to divine providence. Now, that is interesting. Have we ever thought about it that way? You know, we often are just asking for things, right? We want this, that, and the other. And we don't recognize how much we receive from God. As a matter of fact, everything we receive from God, how many gifts we have and are receiving from divine providence. And we're now invited to see, hey, what are these gifts? For tonight, we could take this into our hearts and minds and ask ourselves, what are some of my gifts that I have received from God? And how am I making use of these gifts? How am I giving back? Giving back to the United States, which means giving back to our brothers and sisters, giving back to anyone in the world. How am I being of service instead of focusing on the errors here or there or always wanting something from our governments, from other people. Friends, the question is for us to also see, particularly as immigrants, when we came to the United States, did we come here because we were expecting something from the United States? Did we want something was that our primary goal? Are we still looking for the government of this country to serve us? Well, tonight Emmanuel invites us to remember that it is our duty to give back, to realize all the gifts that God has given to us and to see how can we serve others and the United States in return are we doing that? Are we aware of that? Are we giving to our brothers and sisters? By giving to our brothers and sisters, we are giving back to God. And it starts, it starts with our thinking. It is not always material at all. There is the moral giving back. And it always starts with our thinking. Let us go back to Emmanuel. So he is saying, therefore, oops, wrong page. It is preferable for disciples to sacrifice themselves and suffer rather than lag behind regarding the respectable laws that temporarily govern them on the physical plane, whether through disobedience towards the established principles or through excessive enthusiasm that tempts them to advance too rapidly. So here Emmanuel is reminding us it is to okay, it is actually we're invited to rather sacrifice ourselves than to practice disobedience. 
to be rebels or to be overly enthusiastic, overly, overly enthusiastic and causing problems as a result of that. It is in the gospel that the definition of obedience is so beautifully explained. It's a whole chapter, a sub-chapter that is dedicated to obedience, which is the consent of reason. And it is often rebelliousness when we think, which usually comes from selfishness and pride, when we think we know better. Jesus was so humble. He did not go into any discussions with Caesar. He did not. He focused on doing the good. He kept on doing the good till the very moment, last moment of his life. And here Emmanuel reminds us to not use our passions in unruled ways. We're reminded of um, the Spirit's book where we're being educated that passions are like a horse. They need to be reined in and educated as well. And to use our passions by excessive enthusiasm is not going to help the collective. And disobedience does not either. We need to play by the rules, according to Emmanuel. Now he is asking, are there iniquitous decrees? What is iniquitous? It's grossly unfair or morally wrong degrees. And the answer from Emmanuel is a recipe for us. It helps us to deal with unfairness that we may observe or see or experience. He says, try to remember if you have been cooperating with those who govern your material landscape. Number one, cooperation. Live in harmony with your superiors and do not forget that the best position is that of balance. Next ingredient is harmony. And the third one is balance, moderation, reigning in our passions. If you intend to live correctly, he says, do not give Caesar the vinegar of your sour criticism. When invited to hold our criticism, to hold pointing our finger. And we know by pointing one finger, there's always three pointing back at us. So it starts with us. Assist is the next ingredient. Him was your efficient work in the healthy desire to do the right, convinced that he and we are children of God. So the ingredients are to practice harmony, to practice balance and moderation, to not criticize, to always assist, and to remember that we are all children of the same God. We're invited to practice the law of love. The law of love, which means 
All brothers and sisters are being loved indiscriminately, including the criminal, including the murderer, including all those people that we have issues with. We're invited to practice, to practice daily. And we're living in an environment currently in the world and in the United States in particular, where this is a beautiful school we've signed up for to practice the law of love every minute of the day, which means we're loving all brothers and sisters, all brothers and sisters under the same God. And it invites us to practice the golden rule, to practice the golden rule to do unto others as we would like them to do unto us. Furthermore, we're being invited to love our neighbors as ourselves. In other words, to love the whole of humankind as ourselves. I know it's a tall order, but the invitation stands tonight to help, to help the brain of the world, to help the United States, to help the mind of the United States, to transform, to help the whole planet in its transformation from a planet of atonement to a planet of regeneration, which is the process we're right in the middle of. So we're invited to love our neighbors as ourselves, to love the whole of mankind. What will be the effect if we really take this to heart? The effect will be the moral improvement of the whole human race. And let us not judge as we would not like to be judged. Let us not judge. We weren't born to be judges. We were born to work on our own inner transformation, to become better people. Let us rather focus and be vigilant about the plank in our own eyes than the speck that we see in others. And let us always see others as a reflection of ourselves. We can use every single person, including politicians, as our own, a mirror for our own selves. If we spot it in others and we have a problem with it, we've got it. So we can always use every single situation as a mirror image of where we own our own little cobwebs are and release them. And we do that by practicing the law of love, by practicing to love our neighbors as ourselves by vigilantly applying the golden rule in every single case, every single situation in our daily lives. And lastly, let us not forget charity. We learn in the gospel according to Spiritism, we've read it so many times, that without charity, there is no salvation. And that sums up all our duties. There it is, right there and then. Tonight, we're being invited to renew our commitment to practice charity, which, again, is practicing the golden rule.
to fulfill our duties, to respect others as we would like to be respected. And let us be perfect, friends. Let us be perfect, which means it's the essence of charity. And why is perfection the essence of charity? Because charity is the highest virtue of all virtues. So if we can practice being more benevolent every single breath of the way, to have more goodwill towards all, and it starts with our thinking, our feeling. And if we can recommit to being more indulgent towards other people's imperfections, including the world leaders, including the presidents of countries, the president of this country, to become more indulgent and to be more forgiving. Because we know we're all work in process. We're all children of God. And as Jesus reminded us in the Lord's Prayer, our Father, thou art in heaven, our Father, we're all children, we're all equals under one God. Dear friends, let us close our eyes and let us open our minds and our hearts and connect with God and Jesus. With so much gratitude for all the gifts that we have received from divine providence which we have received from the United States, this beautiful country that is like we are, working on its moral transformation, which, whose mind, whose brain is an extension of our own brains, which we gladly accept as our own responsibility to work on our inner transformation. Dear God, we're asking you for assistance to remember in the weeks and months and years to come to practice the golden rule in a renewed form and way, to remember it every single day, to practice the law of love, to practice to love our neighbors as ourselves, to love each and every single person more every single day, which translates into being more charitable, to extend more goodwill towards all, to extend more indulgence towards other people's imperfections, and to forgive them their offenses. Jesus reminded us to forgive 70 times 7, which makes it a supreme importance in our lives. Dear God, we're praying that we will follow the political landscape with new eyes, with a renewed and refreshed mind, with an open heart, knowing where our responsibility lies, knowing that our own inner transformation is why we are here, to do the good always, to visualize the good, to feel the good, to mold the good with all the resources we have at our hands always, 
And with this, we humbly ask for permission to close tonight's prayer for the United States. And with so much gratitude, so be it. Thank you, dear friends. Thank you for joining and have a blessed night. Good night.